Reporting on the games you love by people who love to game. The MMO Reporter Network. Greetings, friends, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Game Diplomat Podcast, a bite-sized show about great games you might have missed. I'm your host, Josh Augustine, and today, I want to tell you about how I grabbed a one-eyed fish with my bare hands and cooked him up for breakfast inside my crashed spaceship on an alien planet. It all happened in Subnautica, a gorgeous underwater survival game where you're stranded on an alien planet that's covered in water, and you have to find ways to eat, sleep, defend yourself, and of course, explore the unknown depths of the ocean. It was created and self-published by Unknown Worlds and released on Steam in March 2014. Now, the game is still in early access, but is finally far enough along in development and has enough quality, fun gameplay features in it that I feel like I can finally recommend it wholeheartedly. Just make sure you look at the minimum specs to make sure your PC can handle it because this is a lot more demanding than most of the games we've covered on this show here before. Alright, enough disclaimers, let's take a look at how you play Subnautica. So you're an awesome spaceman traveling the cosmos in your awesome spaceship, and then suddenly, bam, you crash land on an entirely aquatic alien planet. You're the only survivor in this huge ship. Uh, You eject in your escape pod and you smash into the water. You can see the burning husk of your big ship sinking into the ocean in the distance and debris is scattered all around you. You see it crashing. Uh, Your your little PDA is warning you that the ship is going to blow up soon. Looks pretty dismal, right? But... You do have access to that escape pod, and inside of it, there's some simple storage, and thankfully, a fancy 3D printer thing that can be used to craft tools, food, etc. Um, Your escape pod floats on the surface, and you have to swim out and dive down below the surface to find anything, right? It's an ocean. There's nothing on the surface. Everything's down below. So, of course, you head out and explore this wild, new, untamed world of crazy sea life. You do everything you'd expect to in an ocean. You catch fish, you harvest plant life. There's flora, there's ore, there's gels. There's weird things that come out of animals. (laughs) And you collect all that stuff. It's all resources. And then you use those back of your escape pod to create tools and food and drink and other mechanisms and things that you need to survive and improve your situation. Oh, and I guess I should mention, there are a lot of things trying to eat you. I guess I should have mentioned that earlier. (laughs) This is a survival game, right? You've got a lot bigger and scarier things than thirst and hunger to worry about. And like most survival games, there's not really an ending that you're trying to get to, right? When you craft the biggest stuff in the game, and we'll talk about what the coolest stuff is you can craft, and there's some very cool stuff. When you craft that, you sort of win the game if that's kind of your personal goal that you've set for you. But the game is never going to stop and tell you, you did it. Here's the final cutscene, right? You're just trying to survive as long as you can, build up your base and tools, get stronger, and when you die, you just start again. And you go back to your your spot pod and you try to do better using the information you've learned this time and get a little farther out in the world. So this isn't a game about winning. This is a game about exploring, discovering, creating, finding things, being imaginative, being curious. This is a new alien world with t- just the ocean is filled with tons of exotic things to discover and learn about. This game is as much about the world as it is about you. It's just a really, really fun game and a great, well thought out world. And of course, it's got sweet tunes like this.
aside, let's look at seven reasons to drop everything and immediately play this game. Reason number one, you don't have to survive. Although technically I should clarify that I do recommend surviving in Subnautica and in pretty much everything I think. Surviving is pretty cool. The cool kids survive, I guess you could say. But survival games are typically really stressful, uh, which might drive some people away uh, who are looking to relax and unwind during their gaming sessions, which as a father, I can totally get that. <laughs> Two-year-olds can be stressful and sometimes you don't want your games to be stressful too. So Subnautica actually has four different game modes and survival is the normal mode, right? You manage food, water, oxygen, and health. And if you die, you lose everything you're, you were carrying and respawn at the base. But anything you have had while at the base before, so like all your gear and stuff, uh, you get back. So it's just whatever you kind of work out collecting, you lose that when you die. Freedom mode makes it even a little easier. All you have to worry about is oxygen and health. No big deal, that's it. Creative mode just goes all out and just lets you do whatever you want. You can't die, everything is free, you're basically an alien Poseidon, god of the sea, just do whatever you want, right? Which can be also really fun, especially for some, if you, if you aren't into playing the survival game long enough to get to some of the really cool stuff you can build, it's fun to just go into creative mode and be like, yeah, let's drive this submarine around, let's see what it plays like. Uh, and, but for those of you who want the ultimate challenge, there's also a hardcore mode, and that's where you have to manage everything like in survival, health, water, oxygen, and health. But death is permanent. You only get one life. If you die, the game's over. Start again. And on top of that, you don't get any warnings when you're low on oxygen while you're diving down. Uh, and it, when you watch the video, you'll notice that I always ignored the oxygen until it started beeping at me and suddenly realized I had to get to the surface real fast or else I was going to drown. Um, so in hardcore mode, you have to pay attention to that constantly. It's a lot harder. So that, that sounds a little stressful to me, but hey, sometimes you just want a game to punch you in the face until you eventually prove you're better than it, right? Because you can. Reason number two, the daytime is a peaceful and soothing tropical vacation. Now, if you enjoy snorkeling or scuba diving at all, you just have to play this game. The initial blast of beautiful neon colors and crazy looking sea life instantly hooked me the second I started playing, even two years ago when the game wasn't very good. Just that visual stimulus of looking at all this crazy new plant life and animals, uh, it, it just hooked me immediately. So I go scuba diving with my dad occasionally, but even in California, the water is pretty cold and a lot of the water is also pretty muddy. You can't see a whole lot. So jumping into the water of Subnautica is like hopping into the water of a tropical island. Uh, there's just colors and interesting cr things cranked to 11. It's like finding Nemo, right? But on acid, sort of, because everything is aliens. So there are these awesome looking coral nests, fun anemones, so many different fish. And I think this is really Unknown Worlds, the developer's biggest strength in the game so far. The world is just incredibly interesting. Everything is kind of familiar, but also alien at the same time in interesting ways. Like, they have these animals that vaguely resemble manatees, especially on, like, the front half. But in the back are these big, bulbous tails that have, like, spheres of neon green in them. They almost look like banelings from StarCraft on the back part. And they're peaceful, right? They aren't going to attack you. But if you get too close and you spook them, they shoot the little green spheres out of their tail, and they explode in green, in green gas. And it, like, obscures vision, and it hurts them, and then they jet off trying to get away. So... It's kind of like squids and manatees and StarCraft Zerg units all come together mashed into this really weird animal. <laughs> oh, and they just added reefbacks, actually, in the most recent expansion, which are exactly what they sound like. They're big, massive whale squid things with coral reefs that grow all over the top of them. And so fish are swimming around inside of them. They're just massive. I haven't found one yet, but I can't wait to see it. I've seen screenshots of it on the site. Um, I just want to swim around on the coral on top and just kind of migrate with it for a while and just see where we go. 
And that's what I mean when I say the daytime is kind of the soothing tropical vacation. It's beautiful, happy. It's just a nice world to fun. It's fun to explore at your own pace. No pressure. And there's lots of cool things to discover. Uh, oh, I ca- yeah, one thing. The goofy fish you can catch with your hands. So there's tons of, especially in the starter areas, there's all these fish with like giant eyeballs or kind of big fins or they look like little gassy blobs. And you can grab it with your hand and it just squirms in your hand the whole time you can carry it back to your ship and cook it and eat it. It's great. But they're so goofy looking. And so the whole time you're swimming, you've got this goofy like comic fish making you laugh at staring at you the whole time. But reason number three. The nighttime is a Lovecraftian nightmare of glowing eyes, freakish beasts, and inevitable death. And just like in real oceans, right, different animals come out at night, and the nocturnal ones usually aren't as nice. (laughs) And so if the daytime sea life is quirky, fun, Finding Nemo version of alien oceans, right, the nighttime is just full of freaky demon monsters. And they aren't just killing you with big fangs, although some do have those. They're very creative in their attack mechanisms, like the warper. Is this freaky squid hydralisk hybrid that can create little teleportation portals that it can use or force you through it, uh, which can be very disorienting. And like the mesmer, the mesmer is a small fish that can spread open its face into four giant like flower petals almost, that, and then like mind control you. And so your screen gets all blurry and starts freaking out, and your PDA, which is like your UI and quest journal and like the the voice speaking to you. It even starts telling you that it is now your primary objective to swim to the Mesmer. You must go to the Mesmer. <laughs> All this sort of stuff. And so you have to fight it and get away or else it's going to tear you apart when, it, when you get too close to it. Or how about something called a Reaper Leviathan? It's probably bad, right? Name alone, that does not sound like a fish you want to run into. But the ultimate predator in the ocean is the Sea Dragon Leviathan. It's the biggest aggressive animal in the game right now, and exactly what you'd think, right? It's a huge underwater dragon that has fins instead of wings. Uh, Not something you want to run into. (laughs) And so it is important to say, though, you won't run into these sorts of huge aggressive monsters in the starting area, right? So in the starter areas, it's safer. You can get used to the game, just kind of enjoy it. Uh, But then when you start delving into the darker, deeper, more dangerous areas, uh, you can do that at your own pace whenever you feel comfortable. Uh, and you can go out there, hopefully, when you're armed with a weapon or two or some armor or something that you've crafted. Uh, so you can take it at your own pace. Reason number four. You can craft for days and weeks and months and years. And technically, I haven't tried crafting for years yet. But the point is that there's a lot of depth in this crafting system. Your escape pod conveniently has that fancy fabricator we talked about. So it can generate anything you want as long as you get recipes. So you start with recipes for the basic stuff. Simple food. Uh, purified water, snorkeling, scuba gear, a couple of electronic gadgets, right? But you get a scanner, and with scanners something you can build really early, and you could scan fish or items or ore, whatever out in the world, to get information about it. And so a lot of the game is going out and finding new resources and scanning it to get information or scanning animals to find out their weaknesses, that sort of stuff. Um, so finding the resources is actually really fun out in the world. Like once I started realizing I could pick up a lot of stuff, because you have to get close to it, but then your cursor changed to a little hand. Uh, My swim trips just turned into, like, frenzied supermarket sweep style runs through the sandy banks, right? Like, grab that eyeball fish. He's dinner. Claw that crystal deposit. It's salt. Yes. This anemone looks shiny. I'll take 500 of them. And you just (laughs) empty the whole bank. And then, oh, here comes that manatee. Oh, he shot out the little gas balls right away. Wait, I can grab those? Like, in the little gas balls, just for a second, you can grab them. So you grab a couple of them, and then you realize that you can't grab all of them in time. And then they all explode and damage you. Um... 
it's just it's super fun so you can see how it gets exciting there's just countless surprises like that that's just like a couple of the plants and one of the animals that i just described right there and there's tons of them out there i don't know if i just had to guess a random number number there's probably like 20 to 30 animals and maybe the same number of plant lives similar to that um, so there's a lot to discover out there and so you learn a lot of things just by watching the animals and seeing what they're doing so they'll have behaviors that inter interact with each other and interact with you so i don't want to give away too many spoilers because it's fun to discover this stuff on your own right but i do want to kind of sell the idea so here's the last one i'll, I'll kind of spoil so the sea treader is this non-aggressive almost like crab creepy looking crab thing that walks along the ground and it'll attack you only if you get right in front of it like if it feels like you're getting up in its face but if you just hang out and watch it for a while you can discover a lot about them like they travel in large herds it loves to eat plants so it'll stop by and eat over there and as it goes as it's eating and as it's walking it'll occasionally expose little salt deposits that you can harvest behind it and for the truly brave it will also leave behind manure occasionally which makes excellent fertilizer for your plants. So sea treaders are actually very useful, even though at first they just like they're, it looks like they're just there for like visual. Just, oh, they're pretty. They're walking around. That's cool. But there's actually a lot you can do with them if you pay attention and kind of think creatively. Reason number five, frequent updates with lots of content. Now, I know a few people stopped listening to this show as soon as I said this game was still in early access, but I hope you're hearing me out and are still listening. Because I've been sitting on this game for over a year because I didn't, think it was at a point that I could recommend it and feel good about recommending it. But I've been playing it on and off, kind of checking up on it every few months, and it never really felt complete until now. I am absolutely convinced. This is one of the most productive and transparent dev teams in the industry I've seen. They release substantive updates on a regular basis, new aspects, content features, bug fixes, all that stuff. And you can actually see their entire development calendar and progress on their Trello board. If you know Trello, it's kind of a task tracking thing so every task everything that needs to be done gets a little sticky note and then it can be moved and commented and all that sort of stuff and you can see everything they're working on so most companies use that sort of tool internally but almost no one makes it visible to players because it, it just it's easy to backfire if things change cause pr nightmares if something doesn't work right that sort of stuff um but the, this developer unknown worlds is willing to just take that risk so you can always see what they're working on what's coming up next I'll put a link to it in the show notes. You should go check it out. Even if you don't think you'd like this game, it's kind of a cool insight into seeing what game development is like and kind of the, the hurdles and things that they're working on. Reason number six, there is a lot to learn in this world. Now, I talked about how just fun the world is and how interesting it is, and it feels pretty random and wild at first, right? Because you don't understand what these animals are, what these plants are, what's going on. Um, and it's cool because it's an alien planet, right? It should feel weird and exotic at first. But once you start exploring and kind of figuring out what's going on and paying attention, you realize there's there's actually a lot of um, systems and under, uh, understandability. Is that a word? I don't know. But like everything is built into biomes, right? So there's volcanic biomes and deep ravine biomes and the surface biomes and all this sort of stuff where specific animals, plants, resources you can find. So as you start to learn and recognize the signs of, okay, there, there's these creep finds here. That means I'm in this sort of area and that means there's probably going to be these creepy barracuda things that almost chomp my leg off in the live stream that you can watch they were terrifying at night um but as you start learning how it all works you get better at exploring and knowing where to go with you for what you want like you know okay i want silicone okay to get silicone i need x and to get x i know i would need to go over here at night or whatever it is and 
and you know what kind of threats you might face there so you know what kind of weapon to bring and that sort of stuff so you just start learning more about the game and you get better over time and it feels really good when you kind of make plans and set out expeditions and accomplish what you were trying to get so you can craft that perfect thing you wanted so i didn't even know that you could eventually craft a little submarine to drive in right do you drive a submarine i don't know fly no you don't fly it you don't I don't know. You can't swim a submarine. You probably drive a submarine or just order someone else to drive. I don't know what you call it. But so you, you can build a small one person sub or like and then after that you can build a mech suit, which is awesome just because it's a mech suit. And then you can build a big sub that's basically like a mobile base of operations to move around. And then you're, you can take your little sub out of it. And there's all these sorts of different interactions with the the larger fish will interact with the larger subs and stuff like that in different ways. It's just, it's really cool. Of course, you have to discover blueprints. Like for the big sub, you have to find pieces of the broken sub from your spaceship that is scattered over the ocean. Find the different pieces and scan them all. Then you get the blueprints, right? This is primo endgame loot right here. But the whole game, just from ocean geography, population, to the crafting trees, the resources, it's all put together in logical ways that you can kind of learn and get better at over time. And it may sound small at first, but... It's something that a lot of games miss, and it really makes the world feel real and kind of makes it feel like you're in a real world doing real things. All right, reason number seven. It is exactly like Pokemon. Well, not really. But you can collect eggs and plants and grow them inside your own giant aquarium that you can swim around in. So the eggs will hatch over the course of a few in-game days and create baby versions of the creatures of whatever the egg was. And they'll be non-aggressive to you. So it's a really cool way to kind of get up close with the crazy, uh, what was it, the the mesmer that's getting you. You can get up close to the mesmer and scan it and all that sort of stuff when you're in this nice contained area. And it's a fun collection system, right? You can decide, I want to be the guy that has nothing but eels in my tank. I don't know. That's your thing. I'm not judging. Eels are cool. And there's lots of rules to it too, which is kind of fun. You can, like, you can put two of one species in a tank and they'll start breeding and making new ones. Or if you put more than 10 things in a tank, they'll start dying off. So it's just kind of a fun way to kind of play with all these animals in a more safe environment and kind of feel like you're collecting them. I don't know, it's kind of the equivalent of like hunting and putting the head on your wall, right? But in this case, you're just stealing their unhatched eggs and hatching them. Maybe that's not as bad. I don't know. Uh, and of course, you can always release them and let them go aggro in the wild again. But once you set them, let them go, they're not going to be like your pets helping you out. They're going to turn on you as soon as they're out in the wild. So it's not totally unlike Pokemon. And there's no word yet if Unknown Worlds is going to be adding gyms for you to swim to and battle other survivors and their fish. But with Pokemon Go's success, I mean, it could happen, right? Well, no, because this is a solo game, remember? <laughs> These captive fish are the only friends you have, so don't let them go. That's kind of depressing. Let's wrap this up. So if Subnautica sounds like fun to you, you can buy it for just 20 bucks. Uh, you can find links to everything on GameDiplomat.com along with everything we talked about here and a video of me playing the game so you can check it out before you buy. Alright, let's give away a copy of the game. All you have to do to enter the contest is answer this trivia question. Which of these fish only has one eye? In Subnautica, of course, not real fish. Oculus, the crab snake, the cyclops, the eye-eye, or the ampule? Email or tweet your guest to me, links on GameDiplomat.com, or just post on the blog. 
And the correct answer to last week's trivia question about Crawl's voiceover lines was, who will survive and what will be left of them? Which would have been a cool quote from the, from the trailer for the game, but it was actually the poster slogan for Texas Chainsaw Massacre when it came out. So also super creepy stuff. Congratulations to Eric, Brian, and Aaron, none of whom bothered to guess an answer, but they at least responded and that's all it took to win this week because literally no one had guessed before yesterday. So congratulations, they won a copy of Crawl, which is a local multiplayer dungeon crawler where your friends play as the monsters trying to kill you. You can learn more about it on episode 10. And if you enjoyed the show, you can tell your friends about us, leave a review on iTunes, or join our Slack channel and Steam group and talk with us and play games. That would be awesome. And you can also donate money to support the show on gamediplomat.com forward slash donate. But no matter what, thanks for spending your time with us. I hope you found a fun new game to play. In the next episode of Game Diplomat, we'll talk about Hex, an MMOTCG with tons of PvE content. We'll see you then.